Money, money, money. More money, more problems? This is where we talk about everything you need and want to know about finances, goals, relationships, and how they all tie together. You are now listening to the Two Cents Money Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Two Cents Money Podcast. Woo! I am excited. We are back for season two of your favorite money podcast. Plus, you know, it's my birthday today, so I had to release a new episode. It's a good way to start the wonderful season two. And as always, I'm here to give my two cents on your two cents. So welcome back, everybody. We are officially back for our season two. And today we are going to, oh man, I'm excited. We are going to talk about a really interesting topic. Athletes and money. I'm sure you all know that a lot of athletes end up making millions and millions of dollars during their career. And unfortunately, there's a good number of them that end up actually going broke. (sighs) And I'm sure you guys have heard that wonderful saying that we've talked about here on the Two Cents Money Podcast, more money, more problems. And, you know, many people that I've talked to before um, and just from things that I've heard, uh, a lot of people tend to dispute that phrase. But... For NFL star Warren Sapp, more money was truly a problem. So here we go, everybody. Today, we are talking about NFL star Warren Sapp and how he went broke. Warren Sapp was one of the best defense players in the NFL. He was drafted on April 22nd, 1995. Man, he signed a four-year, $4.4 million contract with Tampa Bay where he was, you know, he got drafted. He was a rookie. I mean, $4.4 million. In March of 98, he signed another contract with Tampa. This time, it was a six-year, $36 million extension. $36 million. Now, I'm going to pause here. Because I want you guys to take a, take a second and think about that. $36 million. Not hundred, not thousand, but million. Man, that's a lot of money. I can only imagine what in the world I would do with $36 million. I mean... Definitely invest, you know, maybe some real estate. Definitely pay pay off, you know, family members' debt. Let my parents retire. Um, get into some other business ventures. Did I say invest? Invest. Invest. Make that money grow. Make that money work for me, which too many of us don't do. Make that money work for you. That's how these people get rich and rich and richer. So anyways, back to Warren. 
So remember, we got a little caught up with that $36 million extension that he signed with Tampa back in 98. And I'm telling you, 1998 must have been a really great year for Warren. Because, you know, you know, not only did he, he sign that extension with Tampa Bay, he ended up getting married to his love, Jamaica Vaughn. So I want to kind of break it down for you so you can better understand what his like annual salary basically was like when he signed that $36 million contract. So in 1998, when he signed it, his salary was $1.9 million with an $8.6 million signing bonus. Yep, you heard that. $8.6 million signing bonus. In 1999, his salary was $2.5 million with a $2 million roster bonus. Now, me personally, just to give you a little insight, I'm not a big uh, sports person, I guess you can say. So I don't really know a lot of the ins and outs, but I will say this. I did my research on what a roster bonus is. And for anybody listening out there who may not really be um, familiar with what a roster bonus is, it typically means that the player has to remain on the team's roster for a specific date range or a specified date range in order to get that payout. So it was obvious that he got it in 1999, meaning that he fulfilled whatever it was that they wanted him to fulfill. In 2000, his salary was $4.9 million. In 2001, it was 4.2. 2002, it was 5.25. And then in 2003, it was $6.6 million. Now, in 2003, so his career with Tampa Bay, you know, came to a halt. And we'll get into that in a few, in a few moments. His wife, in the same year, ended up filing for divorce. So by this time, they were married for five years, had two children of their own. Um, and unfortunately, you know, she ended up filing for divorce. From a lot of the articles and a lot of the research that I kind of dug into, it was known that his wife wanted a lot of the money up front. So from here on out, you'll end up seeing that his money problems really started when it came to child support and alimony, along with some major purchases that kind of caused him to go down this whirlwind. But we'll get into that in just a few minutes. So, you know, after playing nine seasons for Tampa, Warren ended up signing with the Oakland Raiders for a seven-year, $36.6 million contract. Now, when 2005 came along, Warren purchased his notorious Windermere, Florida mansion, which at the time cost him about $4.7 million, um, which honestly, I looked at the pictures on Realtor.com and I looked at the records. Um, That house could be confused for a compound, guys. Like that house was absolutely astonishing. I mean, the architecture, it reminded me of walking into like a museum in D.C., or some fancy museum in, like, New York City. Um, and that was just the architecture. It was There was a huge home movie theater. Um, I have no idea how many people can fit in there, but that thing was big. The kitchen was so fancy that literally any five-star chef that you've seen on TV would be jealous. 
Uh, that that kitchen was, whew, I don't even know. That that kitchen was amazing. Appliances, countertops, cabinets, you name it, everything was top of the line. And then the master closet from the pictures that I saw, that thing was probably the size of like two to three bedrooms, you know, the average size of a bedroom nowadays anyway, uh, which is still way too big for a freaking closet. Um, and that, so back to the closet, cause I was a little obsessed about the closet. Um, and hopefully my husband doesn't make fun of me for this because he knows I'm obsessed with clothes sometimes, but, uh, that closet was big enough for, <laughs> I mean, hundreds of shoes. And the funny thing is, or ironic, I should say, is that it had 240 sneakers in it to be exact. Uh, which you'll kind of hear about shortly. In 2008, uh, Warren actually retired from the NFL. So he ended up only playing four of the seven years from his Raiders contract. Unfortunately, four years later is when the whirlwind of his financial demise really happened. So in April of 2012, Warren ended up filing for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Now, For those that are not familiar with Chapter 7 bankruptcy, a lot of times there's some limitations as far as who can file, first of all, depending on like income limits or asset limits. Um, And then also, uh, when it comes to like a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, not everything can be submitted into your bankruptcy. So it's usually used like as a last resort uh, for anybody who needs maybe like help resetting their finances. Because uh, it usually clears out a lot of the unsecured debts that somebody may have. But most times people end up having to sell some of their assets, uh, whether it's like a home or things of that sort, uh, personal belongings that have value to help clear out what is essentially owed before you know the judge makes any type of determinations and before they come to some final conclusions. So all in all, Chapter 7 is really primarily used for essentially like a reset of your financial situation. So Warren, you know, he ended up filing bankruptcy in 2012. And it's kind of heartbreaking to me because this man that we're talking about, uh, he was an amazing NFL player, especially from everything that I've read, uh, videos that I've seen. You know, he was very, very well known and he was very good at what he did back in his NFL days. And, you know, taking a look at a lot of the contract amounts that he signed over the years, this man made over $75 million. And what I'm about to tell you is a little jaw-dropping. So in April 2012, when he had filed for that bankruptcy, according to the Tampa Bay Times, He had $339.31 in his savings account. $339 total in his savings account. And then in his checking, he had $826.04. Now you do the quick math. This man had less than $1,200 to his name at the time that he filed this Chapter 7 bankruptcy. I don't know about you, but hearing those numbers was a huge shock to me because those numbers 
to me anyway, don't resemble somebody who's made $75 million in their career. And when I go over the details, I'm sure you guys will, um, to say the least, be very shocked. So in the three months before he filed this bankruptcy um, claim, Warren actually paid out a sum of nearly $75,000, which was, I think it was among like four different installments or payments that he ended up making to his ex-wife. So now remember what I mentioned earlier, his ex-wife had demanded that he pay uh, some lump sum payments just because she felt that he could financially afford them at the time. So after making these $75,000 worth of payments, this still left Warren with over $876,000 owed to her. So remember, they did have two children together. So this was a combination of alimony and child support. But $876,000? You know, it's unfortunate because a lot of times, even with the average person that ends up getting, uh, you know, child support put onto their finances, um, a lot of times when they're sitting in court or when they're sitting in that uh, mediation room with the child support or, you know, the government representatives, local government representatives, um, and the, the, the mother or father of their children, these amounts end up being made or based off of income that isn't always what that person is making at the time. So just keep that in mind because remember, he had already retired. So yeah, he had some gigs he was doing and things of that sort. But again, this was based off of what he was making when she had filed divorce. So over the years, Warren ended up having a total of six children. So remember, I mentioned him and his ex-wife had two children, and then he had four children with four other women. And when I tell you that child support and alimony tend to, uh, they tend to cause a lot of financial strain just on the average person. Um, this man, he, he had a lot payments. And I'm going to break it down so you guys can, you guys can truly hear what it is that he ended up having to pay out on a monthly basis. So one of his um, children's mothers, her name was Akila. She was owed $4,000 a month. Another woman, Angela, she was owed $2,500 a month. Sarah, another, um, mother of one of his children, she was owed $2,500 a month, just the same as Angela. And now get this. So the New Jersey Family Support Center, who ended up being, I guess you could say, like the intermediary party for his child support, which was due to uh, the former Temple basketball player, Chantel Atkins, he ended up owing Chantel $6,495 a month. So we do the math and adding up everything that he also had to pay for alimony with his ex-wife and child support for his two children from his marriage. In total, Warren Sapp had to pay $75,495 a month, which included, like I said, 
alimony and child support. Aside from the alimony, aside from the child support that he owed to five women, he owed over $68,000 in property taxes from his Florida mansion. He owed $89,000 from his 2010 taxes. And then, man, this, listen, before I say this, don't ever get yourself in a situation where you owe the IRS money. Now, if it's when you're doing your annual taxes, try and pay that balance off right away. Try and have them take it from any refund that would be due to you, you know, owed to you, I mean. But try and do everything that you possibly can to not owe the IRS money. He had an IRS bill of $853,000 from 2006. So now, mind you, let's jump back a little bit. When did he sign that contract with the Raiders? If you think about it, he literally signed that contract, which was a $36 million contract, back in 2000, I think it was 2004. Meaning... His IRS bill of $853,000 was only two years after he signed that Raiders contract. Like that, man, that's insane. And this is where a lot of athletes end up getting themselves into trouble, especially when it comes to the IRS, because of things like this. They end up owing money to the IRS. They don't pay it. Um, they, They get all these lump sums from you know, organizations like the NFL, depending on who they're signed with. And they just, the the debt just racks up. And I will tell you this, for anybody who is not familiar with how the IRS processes debt that is owed to them, there is interest. Don't even get it twisted. There is interest tacked onto whatever it is that you owe them. So like I said, the IRS is not a party that you want to uh, ignore or just keep letting, uh, you know, just let it go by. You know, you see it in the rearview mirror. No, you need to take care of that because had he taken care of that then in 2006 when he had all that money, uh, chances are maybe he didn't have to file bankruptcy, you know, or uh, maybe he wouldn't have been in such a in such a bad financial situation, because once the IRS, um, you know, has it out for you, they have they have a case open. They can legally file to start collecting money from whether it's direct deposits, your bank accounts, and depending on what state you're in and the laws and regulations in that state. Um, There's writs and judgments that can be filed against you and any assets you have. So even not even discussing about Warren for a moment, this is something that I think everybody should know and take really seriously, because if you do owe money to the IRS, you may want to call them sooner rather than later and see what you need to do to get it straightened out. Um, If there's a certain payment plan, you can kind of get... you know, situated and, and, you know, get going on that because the last uh, company, the last organization that you want to owe money to is the IRS. And I promise you that. So, you know, back to Warren's bankruptcy, there were some items listed in the bankruptcy filing. And I know um, places like TMZ and, you know, some of the big media outlets at the time were really trying to, um, you know, make fun of or make light of because they even show pictures of like his sneakers and things of that sort. 
So some of the things that were listed, now mind you, this is just some, not all. So some of the items that were on this bankruptcy filing were an expensive lion skin rug that was said to have cost him a few thousand dollars. Um, and it was legitimate. It was real lion skin. He had 240 pairs of Nike Jordans. So obviously that closet, like I said, could literally fit hundreds of sneakers. He had a pair of signed boxing gloves from the greatest Muhammad Ali. And then obviously his Florida mansion, which at the time was worth, uh, I believe it was like $7 million. Uh, he did purchase it for, I think it was like 4.8. But I mean, this man ended up losing his mansion. Ironically enough, when they were trying to settle his bankruptcy, uh, one of his neighbors that lived in the neighborhood, she was a well-known, like a celebrity fitness trainer at the time. She ended up saying that she would she would pay a little under three million dollars and buy that property off of off of them. The judge ended up declining the offer, saying, no way, like we can get way more money for this. Uh, especially because remember, like we talked about, the Chapter Seven bankruptcy, essentially, they'll sell the assets that they can to at least try and recoup whatever money they can. So they ended up declining uh, that offer, and eventually they ended up getting one that was sufficient enough. So in, all in all, he ended up losing his mansion as well. When the bankruptcy was said and done, Warren Sapp had a total of six point seven million dollars in debt. And now, luckily, he was making, I think it was like $45,000, $46,000 a month as an analyst when he was on NFL Total Access. So having that source of income at the time was so beneficial because he ended up being able to pay back a total of $2.9 million of his debt. The rest ended up being discharged, and he eventually was cleared. Now, when I did some digging... Warren's net worth as of 2021, so this year, is said to be around $500,000. Net worth uh, sometimes can be confused with, you know, like what you have in your account right now, for example. Net worth means that like all the assets that you have in your possession or that, you know, you own, including accounts, including investments, real estate, everything. Uh, jewelry, uh, you know, literally anything that is of value to you, his total $500,000 roughly. So, you know, that makes you wonder, right? For a man who made over $75 million during, you know, his NFL, his prime years, he is now only worth about $500,000. And who's to say what of that $500,000 is liquid to him? You know, like, what is it that he's really living off of right now? I feel like I really wanted to do this topic. Um, And by the way, we will have a few more episodes where we break down other celebrities and other athletes. So please stay tuned. But, you know, just a quick kind of recap. This is why we preach financial wellness. This is why it's important to budget. You know, sometimes we, you know, I hear people say, oh, you know, I really don't want to do a budget. It's too uh, time consuming or, you know, I really don't know what my numbers consist of and I just don't want to stress myself out. Listen, if somebody who made over $75 million playing for not just Tampa Bay, but the Raiders, I mean, if that can happen to him, 
we're making obviously some poor financial decisions and also uh, kind of getting intertwined with a lot of the aftermath of, you know, child support, alimony, things of that sort. It just, it it's crazy that there's still so many people that don't feel that financial wellness or financial education is important. You know, if you're listening and, you know, maybe you have some questions, maybe you're confused about how to even start, please feel free to reach out. Uh, we want to make sure that you know what your budget looks like for you and your family. This is the only way that we can avoid becoming a Warren Sapp. It doesn't mean that we have $75 million at our disposal, but whether we have $75 million, $75,000, or $7,500, we have to make it known where this money's coming from, where is it going, what do we have left at the end of the month, and, and really, all in all, what is our goal? What is our our primary financial goal? Are we trying to build generational wealth for our children and our children children's children? Are we trying to build a legacy? Are we trying to build a, a business corporation that, you know, our grandparent our grandchildren, sorry, and their children can continue to lead on, you know, generation after generation. Are we trying to become a real estate mogul where we own a lot of real estate properties in our hometowns instead of having people come out of state or out of country to buy our our properties and then renting them out at a significantly crazy high amount to people that, you know, we live next to? It all comes down to what are your financial goals? So I hope this episode opened your eyes just even a little bit. As as far as, you know, that whole saying, more money, more problems, you know, just because you have more money or make more money doesn't mean that you will not have problems following you. We have to be smart with our money. We have to know what's coming in, what's coming out. And budgeting is absolutely crucial. So I hope you guys tune in for another episode next week. This was the Two Cents Money Podcast where I, Steph, Give my two cents on your two cents. And I promise you next week's episode, you're not going to want to miss.